Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins GRM team. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars with the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Vic Emergency Services call Narang for support. We've always said it on standby for emergencies and here it is, it's, uh, it's, on, it's on its way there. The V8 changes are locked in for 2009. All of these changes are for exactly that purpose, to make the racing more dramatic. All this and more today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Marcus Marshall. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars with the V8 Insiders. V8 supercars have been asked to provide support for the Victorian Emergency Services in light of the devastating fires which have hit the southern state. Cole Hitchcock from V8 Supercars Australia has exclusively told the V8 Insiders that they have received the call late on Wednesday. I can give you a little bit of breaking news as uh... As of um, as of today, we've um, been requested by emergency services to provide uh, our big pond um, B double transporter as a communication slash um, media centre at the at the disaster zone. So, um, sometime in the next few hours, our poor truck driver will be driving from Queensland to the uh, disaster zone to provide that sort of support. So, there's a whole heap of things like that, uh, that that we can provide and um, it's the first time that we've deployed the big pond truck. We've always said it's on on standby for emergencies and here it is, it's, uh, it's, on, it's on its way there. Australia has been shocked by the horrific fires throughout Victoria this week. V8 Supercars pledged $100,000 cash to support the Victorian bushfire appeal. But on top of that, many members of the V8 Supercar family have wanted to go for more. Um, we've been flooded uh, in the last 48 hours uh, by teams um, asking us for, for, for permission and support in a number of initiatives. I, I won't go into them now. Individual teams and in some cases a lot of actual individuals um, have, have got a number of ideas and a number of concepts that you know will, uh, will be made public in the coming days. Being such a large country, it is amazing that while heat and fire devastate the south, up north the rain has flooded many parts of far north Queensland. Hitchcock says that the V8 supercars will also be looking to support the flood victims. Yes, yes, and we certainly haven't forgotten the flood victims. Um, you know, clearly the devastation and the loss in Victoria appears to be far worse. But no, we'll, um, the gate takings that we receive from Queensland Raceway will be directed to those in the north. Uh, clearly we have strong connections in Townsville, so we're looking at, uh, you know, not uh, also supporting those guys up north and uh, helping them rebuild where we can. The floods that are affecting North Queensland are also now working their way into the progress of the Townsville street circuit. 
Construction company Leeton were ahead of schedule before the rain hit, but if further inclement weather hit the new motorsport precinct, it could see the construction team pulling all-nighters to meet the July 10-12 event deadline. The V8 Supercar Board met last week with the group ratifying the proposed changes for the 2009 season. These included the return to the top 10 shootout. This has been agreed with TV experts saying that the format will be better for the Generation Plasma fans. Cole Hitchcock says the decision was not purely TV based. Oh look I think you'll find that it, that was again uh, one component but not the not the be all and end all component of it. Um, what we're trying to do is, is again um, make the on track spectacle for those who attend, for those who watch on television uh, more exciting and all of these changes are uh, for exactly that purpose to make the racing more dramatic, um, show a lot more strategy, make teams think and make the product far more appealing than it has. We're not saying it hasn't been appealing, but we are saying that hopefully the end result of this is that we'll have a far larger fan base at the end of 2009 than we did at the start of it. Sprint rounds will now feature a 100km Saturday race with a 200km Sunday race. Marquee events will run 200km on both days. The critical change is the qualifying position. They will be starting in the same spot on both days. There will no longer be round winners in V8 supercar events with independent podiums for each race. Hitchcock explains the reason for the change. The main thinking is um, is how do we make the sport more understandable to someone who is not familiar with it. More and more often we get the question from the public uh, and the media um, who aren't motorsport media or savvy to the sport is um, how can you possibly have someone who wins a weekend who may not actually win a race uh, and so on and so forth based on the fact that in previous times we've had three races over a weekend you could have three different winners of all of those races and then someone one of those three people wins the round Um, their, their terms and terminology that might be uh, very easily interpreted by the core motorsport group, but they're not very easily interpreted by uh, the group outside of that, um, you know, who we need to get in touch with to grow the sport. The soft compound tyre will be used at Winton, Simmons Plains, Hidden Valley, Sandown, Queensland Raceway and Barbagello, with teams able to choose when they want to use either of the sets of tyres across the weekend. Tyres will now be allocated to cars, not teams. Teams will also now be able to pit at any stage of the weekend's racing, with the abolishment of the compulsory pit stop window. But with new Ethanol's E85 mix, it will mean teams cannot make the distance without stopping for fuel, as the tank size will remain at 120 litres maximum. Other changes include an additional 10 kilos to the total car and driver weight with the engine block and heads now having a minimum weight, shock absorbers may not be modified by any non-catalogue part and two driver evaluation days per year are now available to teams. Ford Performance Racing will launch their season this Friday with Mark Winterbottom, Stephen Richards, as well as the team's sponsors and representatives all on hand to see the number 6 FG Falcon unveiled. 
More rumours of Team Kiwi's future have been surfacing, with the demise of the Carrera Cup freeing up one of New Zealand favourite sons, Craig Baird, on race weekends. Team Kiwi Racing has recently been linked with both Baird and with Paul Morris Motorsport making the team switch back to Holden's. David John has said to the V8 Insiders that he has not spoken to Baird for over three weeks and perhaps Craig should pick up the phone. Tony D'Alberto has supported Paul Morris's comments that the young drivers do not have the personalities like the old guys do. Absolutely. You know, I've been doing beat training uh, when I was about 15. So, you know, from then it's drummed in here to do the corporate thing and to say the right things and not offend people and all that sort of thing. Not that you want to go out and offend people, but, you know, you can't... It's hard to have a personality when you're following those guidelines. You can hear a lot more from Tony D'Alberto on this week's White Flag Lap. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Neville Wilkerson and Richard Crail will be along. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Paul Umbrell. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 Supercars with the V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, where this week we're joined by editor-in-chief of V8X Magazine, it's Neville Wilkinson. Good evening, Neville. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, listeners. And also from across, all the way across the country in South Australia, Richard Crail is on the line. And Richard, it's a pleasure to catch up with you once again. Of course, Speed Week has just been pumping it out throughout the uh, summer months. Yes, yes, it never stops. I, I must admit, I, I'm feeling a little bit left out. I, I'd like a, uh, an in-chief title, if I can, next time, Craig. You know, commentator-in-chief or, um, or something like that. It, Neville's title sounded much more impressive. Uh, well, we'll work on that through... Take donations. Yeah, yeah. we'll wow, work I on that throughout that. the season, that's for sure. No, Go- good to be here, Craig. Big news week. Yeah, it is, and uh, we've got some huge news uh, coming up later in the show, but first of all... The board meeting sat last week, Nev, and uh, some, well, some expected things got ratified, and I think some other decisions that were made are a bit of a surprise to everyone. Namely, Mark Scaife can never be beaten for round victories in the V8 Supercar Championship. Well, that's because there's no such thing as a round anymore. Obviously, that's what you're getting at. They're called events now. Because, well... Uh, for people that don't know, uh, the meeting was all two, uh, or the, the two, I wouldn't say two-day race meetings, but the two race meetings uh, qualifying. This is probably the biggest news. Qualifying is now uh, sets the uh, starting grid for race one on the Saturday and race two on the Sunday. So if you finish dead last on the Saturday, you go back to your starting spot that you qualified in for race two. Um, I personally don't mind it because it gives people, well, it lets drivers have a go and if you stuff up, then um, you get another bite at it in the next race. So I'm kind of like from promoting racing. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards it. I mean, like the true test is when we actually see it happen and we could say, oh, gee, that wasn't a good idea or it was a good idea. I must say, Richard, I'm not a big fan of this idea. What about you? Tend to agree. Tend to agree. But I guess if you're, you're splitting up, like, like Nev said, the, the races, there's no overall round result. You know, you either have two qualifying sessions, one for each race, which is something some other categories in Australia do, or you have to have it so that that one qualifying session sets the grid for both because we're, we're not talking about the whole progressive grid or race finishing orders of race one sets the grid for race two anymore. So, yeah, I don't mind it. I like the concept, though, of basically getting rid of the round thing, as you mentioned, Nev, because it, it clears up a lot of confusion and there won't be any situations anymore where a guy that finishes third in every race scores the most points and you, you want to see the guy winning being the one proclaimed the winner and it happens in F1, it happens in NASCAR and a lot of other series. I really like that. I think that's a good move. But the, the only... Um, the only I'll have to, um, what I will uh, pull you up on is we talked to Cairns mm. the other day and Cairns is still going to recognise winners of, well, we don't call them rounds. Well, very supercars don't call them rounds, but event. of an event or a round, mm. like there's, they, they are still going to recognise the winner of the round is the person who got the most points. So they're going to continue their um, Australian Touring Car Championship, uh, how can really? say, records from way back yonder. And they're still used, and so, Craig, you're not actually correct. Someone still can beat Mark Scaife as round wins in, in Cam's eyes. Yeah, but the important point was I said in V8 Supercar. V8 Supercar, but they still race for the uh, the trophy, which is well, okay. There's the the trophy wins at the championship, yeah. and that that's really the a you know ATCC championship as well. Uh, now, I guess that's a fair point. Sorry, Craig, that, that's a fair point. I, I wasn't aware that that they were still doing that, but I guess that's sort of well. How else do how else do cams keep records? Well, well, I mean, a fair point. I agree with it completely. Yeah, you, know, you could say, yeah, oh, there's 26 races. All, all it's going to do, though, it seems, is just introduce a little bit more confusion because V8s will be saying one thing and CAMs will be saying another. Gee, who listens to CAMs? It's well, true. <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect to CAMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like the, the clips will debacle all over again, doesn't it? Well, I think it's an interesting point you bring up there. Um, that's what they're trying to do. Is they, I think they are trying to take away, as Richard was saying, this silly... Thing where the round winner isn't the person that wins the most points and I think that's one thing that the purists can't swallow is hang on the guy who's finished third has actually won the most points and um, so who's the winner you know in, in Adelaide the person who wins the second race is the winner of the round um, but in other rounds it's who's got the most points except if it's Phillip Island and all this kind of stuff. So that's a bit confusing. Now they've tried to say, no, we'll make each race separate. Um, the two race meetings have 150 points um, for each race. Obviously, the uh, single races, it's 300 points, so forth and so forth. Um, and we'll have a podium, well, kind of a podium for the, the winner of race one. They get into the Sunday newspapers and on the news on the Saturday night. And then the winner of race two gets into Monday newspapers and the news on the Sunday night. And that's the way we'll run it, you know. And then for the next week, you talk about the fellow in the championship. Was, was neither of those two fellows? Well, yes, that can happen. But to be honest, the guy who's on pole, let's say Garth Tanner's on pole and he runs away at the race, there's a good chance he's going to do the same thing again in race two. Yeah. 
One thing we're not going to be talking about, though, our, our, is the guy that qualified, you know, in 28th position who uh, drove through the field and ended up winning the last race. Well, we were talking about that in the office today, but it's definitely going to give an incentive to go for it because if he crashes and burns in the first race, <laughs> I'll start from the back anyway, <laughs> I'll do it again. Exactly. But so I was going to say action. It's, it's, it's action of plenty. That's what I said. I'm a, I'm a fan of action. I'm a fan of the show. That's one reason why I love NASCAR. Likewise. It's all about racing. You know, it's lots of little races. Well, it's one big race with lots of little races punctured, punctured with uh, safety cars. Mm. Well, well, we have talked about the qualifying uh, already. And I guess the, the big thing on qualifying is that you have got a top 10 shootout returning into V8 supercar racing. And the good old top 10 shootout, well, it's certainly a television spectacle. And I've got this new term for you guys, which I'm sure you'll love, gen plasma, because that's what motor racing is now, isn't it? It's, it's really for that plasma generation. Well, yeah, I don't have one yet, but anyway... Um, to me, I mean, if you want my opinion, I think the top ten shootout is a snore fest. I, 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 to be honest, I don't like it. I want to, I want to see those guys all on the track at one time, trying to, trying to knock each other off. You know, do lap, do a few laps, and someone does a, does a fast lap, and then someone else yeah. knocked him off, and there's this one lap screaming. That's, you know, honestly, they, these guys in the top ten, they go, oh, I'm not going to bust my guts. I'm not going to run off the track in one, uh, one lap shootout where my tyres aren't really properly warm anyway, I'm not going to jeopardise bending my car for a one lap screamer. Stuff it. I'll, uh, I just, I'll make sure I don't fall off the track. It's the guys that fall off the track that lose in top ten shootouts, but otherwise yeah. they hold station. I agree. And, and for me, the, the top ten, I, I was against it when they first introduced it a couple of years back, and I, it was always, to me, a Bathurst thing, and it's great at Bathurst because... You watch the track and how the car works on the track, and it's it's such an awesome piece of tarmac that that sort of gives the lap a bit more interest than just seeing a car going around against itself. But at the other tracks, I think the whole the final 10-minute period of qualifying, like it did in F1, it was so great. You, you, the clock would stop, and you'd still have two or three cars on a hot lap with a, a real good chance of going to pole position. So that built in a bit more drama. It might be good for TV, but they've got to remember about the people at the track as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not a very big fan of, of bringing it back in. I think the, um, the session as it was worked really well. And, um, yeah, I, I think shootout should be reserved for Mount Panorama where it's tradition and uh, leave the existing elimination or the knockout system that they've had at the other rounds. But um, that's obviously the way they've decided to go, which is a shame. Uh. But, Richard, my question is, because you talk about it's for TV, I want to ask is how is it more exciting for TV? I mean, this car's going around by itself, and unless some guy slides off, take up more airtime, so you've got more V8 supercar content on a TV. Mm. But to be honest, it's not that much more interesting. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to understand or fathom how TV sees that more exciting than than 10 cars battling it out over 10 minutes, fastest gets on pole. I think it's a case of look at the package. The car goes out in 10th position. He sets a time. They interview the driver whilst the other car is about to start its lap. And that sort of thing. You get that more driver interaction. You get a little bit more of that personality thing, which... So it's all about sponsors. And, uh, of course. So, uh, once again, we cater for the top 10 fastest sponsors as well as the top 10 
fastest drivers and well, uh, I guess that's a bit more incentive to be in the top 10. Well I see your point there and, and I mean it might make getting into the top 10 actually worth something apart from obviously a top 10 start, don't get me wrong, but, you know, there's more incentive now, like, I'm going to give my sponsors are going to get a good plug on TV if I get if I get in the top 10. So, you know, that 10th and that ninth and 10th position could be a good scrap, actually. And uh, it is going to be interesting to see just how it is packaged up, because Gen Plasma is what they are gunning for. <laughs> you love names, don't you, Craig? There's Avo. And Craig. There's Pretty Boy, there's now Gen Plasma. What else have you got up that sleeve of yours? Uh, well, we've got uh, City Homicide, of course, <laughs> Tony D'Alberto in our round table this week. And uh, he is, he's got some fascinating things to say about the series, about his future in the series, and about uh, his experiences through his various racing careers because, and how people have um, told him to act over the years because it is a, it's a fascinating discussion one that's way too long to have right at this moment after the break we're going to talk about some boring technical stuff in the rule changes of the v8 supercar series i hope you'll stay with us to ask a question of the v8 insiders just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au stay tuned for more You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. It's the uh, commentator-in-chief of Speed Week, Richard Crail, and also <laughs> editor-in-chief of V8X Magazine, in Neville Wilkinson. Okay, commentators will be bailing me up next week. What are you on about? <laughs> And I love the way you promoted this segment, Craig, as before we went to the break, the dull, boring bit of the show. That's, so, um, that's, really, that's really a grabber for the folks to stay tuned. Isn't it, Just Coming up next, the dull and boring bit. <laughs> well, who is interested that now, if you want to change something in your shock absorbers, you can only do it if you can buy that part off the shelf? Well, I understand what these rules. Um, they're just trying to um, stop... I oh, know, they're trying to reduce the cost. So if you can buy it off the shelf, it's obviously going to be cheaper instead of someone spends a million dollars developing that little washer that was, allows the flow a bit better or something like that. Richard, do you really care that the cylinder block now has to weigh a minimum of 70 kilos and each cylinder head has to weigh 13.5? Look, as, a, as a, uh, a person in the sport who wants to make sure it survives and everyone can afford to do it, sure. As a punter, absolutely not a bit. Yeah. But <laughs> that's the thing. That's why some of these rules are really good. Yeah. Because we don't have to worry about, you know, the technical side, right? They're trying to make the rules so it's cheaper. Do you know why they made the cylinder block to make it go a minimum weight? Yeah, because then you don't machine all the guts of the cylinder head out and to try and make it lighter. That, do you know how much that costs? Yes, I do. 
How much? Well, the first time you're on the program on the CNC machine, it'll cost you over fifty to seventy thousand dollars. That's right. But even even when you've got the program, it still costs five and a half thousand dollars a cylinder That's block. Ridiculous. Right? Yeah. So or cylinder head. So they're saving the teams five and a half thousand dollars each one of those. Now, yes, to the punters, we don't really give her a flying rat's bum hole, right? But um, to the teams for their survival, I think it's a good thing. And that's yep. why you don't see a lot of news about um, those types of changes. Sure, they've come into effect, but we're more, like you said, we're more interested in the qualifying order and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you right now, I'm still going to machine that cylinder block up high and I'm going to make sure that the bulk or as much of that 70 kilos is in the bottom end of that engine block rather than the top because yeah. I want my roll centre lower. So that's still going to cost me, you know, once I work out how to do it, it's still going to cost me that five grand each, each side to machine. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think adding, um, putting the weight at the bottom of the cylinder, cylinder head to, to the top or, or, or whatever, or the block, right, is, I have to say, going to really change it that much to where it's probably negligible, so why even do it? Yeah, because you can sometimes is the reason why. Okay, yeah. here's another here's another one that uh, might be on the who uh, technical specs list. Super soft tyres, and you can use them at any stage of the weekend. You can use them in qualifying practice or on the race, and you're only going to use the tyres that are given to your car, not the tyres given to your team. So if your teammate's having a bad day, you can't get his super stickies. Now, can I just clarify something? I'm a little bit unclear on this sticky tyre. Are you allowed to still run both sets of tyres on the weekend? Can you choose... You can swap between the two as you go. Like, if you want to put a super sticky set on halfway through a race, do you? Or do you run it from the very start? What are the, the, the rules there exactly as far as that's concerned? Yep. Um, you like swap and chop and change, don't you, Nev? Yes, well, you're not allowed to use them in qualifying, so let's yep. clarify that. You've got to use your normal ones. The super sticky tyres, I think you get one set, yep. and you can use them any time in okay. either race one or race two. You can do it in a pit stop, because they Good. won't last a whole race. They'll no. drop off and you'll be, you'll be throwing it into the scenery before you finish a race, right? So... Um, the yeah, you can either use it any race. There's some like let's see. Some teams might use it race one. Some teams might use it race two. So you're definitely going to see that difference in speed and yeah, um, good. You know, and to me that's part of mixing the whole thing up. And that 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 and the strategy of now you have to come in for fuel stops. And even in some races they're talking about Adelaide. You'll have to come in for two fuel stops, then or a splash and dash or whatever you want to call it, a gas and go. You know, I think. Uh, um, I think that's just enough variables where it's going to make it interesting. Yeah, I agree. No, that's great. That's excellent. And, and it's a system that, that's proven to work, and, and Formula One, I think, used it reasonably successful, though those cars are hard enough to pass in, even if one car was running grooves and one slicks. But uh, um, I know in the, the US, Craig, as you'd know very well, that the, the Champ Car Series ran the alternate tyre for a while there, and that was, was very successful. And there were some great races made out of one car on the harder tyre and one on the soft going at it and um, be, it, be it in front or behind and, and really good motor racing so it'll add another dimension and, and hopefully some more overtaking for uh, 
those of us that like to see it. So looking forward to that. No, that's yeah. excellent. My, my, my thing is it's only a couple of races or a handful of races. Um, maybe they should, if, if it really works, they might even think about putting into most of the races. Now, I don't know whether they need to put it in at Phillip Island or at Bathurst because they're endurance. It's a different kettle of fish. But maybe the other rounds, they put it at all the other rounds because at the, at the moment, I, I mean, I talked about Adelaide in pit stops and for uh, for fuel, but you're not allowed to use... You don't have the soft tyre there in Adelaide. Yeah. Now, guys, I want to keep this moving along because the final uh, rule change that caught my eye is that if you're a four-car team, you are going to be allocated the garage based on the worst result of your team in the team's championship. Now, I don't know how Walkinshaw performance is going to go because they bought... They're getting the Walden licence that didn't turn up at any races, ergo zero points. Does that mean the four-car team of Walkinshaw performance goes all the way down to the other end of pit lane? Because that's certainly how the rule would suggest to me. Richard, do you want to start this one off? Um, <laughs> Richard, yeah, well, do you, I mean, Richard, do you want to tell Craig how big an idiot he's just been? <laughs> well... <laughs> I guess we go back to our uh, initial point. Does it really matter for those watching over the fence? From my point of view, no, not really. I mean, oh, look, I really don't know what to say on this. To my, be well, I read that and thought, well, that's, that's interesting, but maybe it's a penalty for those running four cars, you know. I don't my know. understanding is, if it's a four-car team now mm. and they want to group them together, have you thought that... Maybe HRT is just a two-car team and the other car team with Autobahn and the, uh, dare I say it, the Bundaberg rum car, yes. right? Uh, they might be just a single two-car team. So they go to the bottom end and HRT still up the top end. Who says they're going to combine the four of them together? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I can't see how they're going to be grouped in... But is it going on grouping, or is it run out like, for instance, it may it may be that the for, uh, Stone Brothers have the situation where Jason Bright wants to be near them. So they're kind of grouping the three cars, and they want to put them next to each other in the garages. So the rule is, okay, the car that's finished the lowest, that's where you go in the garage selection. But if you don't want to group them, if Bright is saying, ah, oh, I'm happy to go wherever, I'll go one in the pit lane, you go the other then they can go, the two-car SBR team can go where they are and Bridie can go where he is. And I, I, I seem to remember a quote from Bridie about that in one of the V8 telecasts last year when it was all announced and he said, look, we'll be pitted separately from them at the other end of pit lane. This is how it's going to work. So maybe he's already sort of yeah. resolved to that and that's the way it's going to work for them. Right. And that's right. And I see that too. HRT it's going to be two cars together and the other two can go wherever they've got to go. It is a interesting one. We can't wait to get to Clipsal to see whose name's on which garage. We're going to take a break here on the V8 Insiders and be back with more in just a moment. Real good stuff after this break. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Paul Radisson. Each week, find out what's going on in the world of V8 supercars with V8 Insiders. Back to the V8 Insiders is Neville Wilkinson and Richard Crowell. Join me, Craig Ravel. And gee, one thing you see all these positive rule changes, and you think, man, what a show we're going to have this year. And then last Thursday, the rugs pulled out of the motor racing fan because Carrera Cup is not going to be part of the supports. Now, Neville Wilkinson is going to say to me, but who cares about the supports? Damn straight. But, but Richard, <laughs> you, you obviously have a vested interest and an opinion in the support category. And most punters on the hill don't want to just sit around twiddling their thumbs between the events. Correct. Yeah, I, the, um, the, the thing is, Craig, the, uh, the V8 journos, like, like our mate Nev here, sort of use the support categories as, as time to go and talk to the drivers in the V8 races and that, so therefore they don't pay any attention to them. Nevertheless, and um, and funny are, enough... Funnily enough, you're right. <laughs> yes, I mean, no. <laughs> though I do watch Crew Cup. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't anymore. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a big, big um, sort of shock to those in the community that didn't see it happening. And, um, you know, you, you would have thought out of all of the series on the V8 Support Act, that the two that you'd look at going, you know, excluding Fujitsu, obviously, the two that you would have least expect to falling over would be Carrera Cup and the V8 Utes. Now, Utes are going gangbusters and they've got a full grid, but Carrera Cup, you know, a month and a bit out from Clipsal had, I believe it was eight cars entered uh, and signed up. Now, they run a, a very complicated system where, you know, entrants nominate for the full year and they sign them up. Some other series have cars that come and go throughout the season and sort of they prop their numbers up in other ways. But Carrera Cup, in my understanding, only had a, a very few number of entrants and decided that the... Um, financial backing and the, the support from the cars wasn't there. They couldn't guarantee they'd have a, a full grid and therefore the uh, decision was made by the Carrera Cup administration, by CAMS and by Porsche Cars Australia who are a, a major backer of the series to um, to cancel it and obviously all of a sudden it leaves 20 cars with a, a very big place or a very big sort of question mark over where they're going to go and race and of course all the people involved in the teams in that championship and there were a couple of very, very good outfits there um, you know they've got to work out what they're going to do. So, and, and the final question, Craig, going back to where we started, is who fills that gap on the V8 calendar? Because you're looking at three races, you know, a qualifying, a practice, over the course of eight rounds of the championship. So that's, that's a lot of hours worth of track time to fill if they want to keep that um, amount of on-track entertainment going. Mm. I think they should. I kind of... First of all, yes, you need to, you need to find something to fill, fill that gap. I mean, there's, that's, that's a given... Um, the Crew Cup did hold a, a very important part in uh, not just uh, being a support category for, for the sport, but also um, blooding young drivers. There's a lot of drivers in V8 Supercars who came up through Shurira Cup, so it was another way of getting into V8 Supercars. Um, but I'm not surprised that they ran into trouble, because most of the sponsors are corporate sponsors and companies and that and they're the ones having a heck of a time in this financial crisis yeah um so they've all cut back on their what you could say the frivolous things let's go and sponsor a race car and all that kind of stuff now you might you might find that they might do still a bit of 
corporate entertainment and get to be involved in motorsport in some direction, but it's not sponsoring a car, which is yeah. one of the most expensive bits of motorsport. Yeah, so, absolutely. And it's also one of the hardest bits to justify. Yeah. So, yeah, not surprised, um, um, but, you know, nonetheless, there's this whole thing. And there's, there's other aspects. It's the business of Edge because television used to... Uh, record the stuff for them and Carrera Cup was kind of a client of their Supercars Australia so there's there's some funding that their Supercars TV um, don't have that they've got to find a hole for um, so it's not just can we find another uh, support class but um, do they want television and can they afford television yeah yeah exactly and, and my understanding is it's and of television is that it's it's certainly not an inexpensive thing to do. It doesn't matter where you're getting broadcasted. So it would be a, a fair sum out of um, V8 Supercars television that they don't have to call on anymore. So, you know, at this stage they've got the Utes, they've got um, the Minis and Formula Ford, and um, outside of that they're going to hopefully try and find someone to fill that hole. But, but not just for them, but for um, for the people that go to the racetracks as well. Clipsal 500, I guess, where Carrera Cup, where have, have got themselves a unique situation because they'd actually increased the number of support categories this year. I think it was up to, to eight categories this year, which is crazy. Um, so they're going, well, it's for us, you know, just a, a bit of a play around with the schedule and we go back to the same situation we had last year. But other events where you're looking at only having three or four support categories are going to find a, a slightly bigger hole in their program. So, yeah, there's, there's so many different things to come out of it. But you feel for the guys that worked for the, the professional teams involved in Carrera Cup, you know, Sonic Motorsport ran three cars and there were a couple of new teams set up by Andy McElroy, formerly of Paul Crookshank. He had two cars locked in, ready to go. He was one of the few that was already and committed to the series. So, you know, there are question marks over what's going to happen there. Mm. Well, Richard, who do you think's going to... Who do you think's out there that could replace it? Uh, well, that's a good question. And, and I don't think there... Well, there are many categories that would love to do it, but from my point of view, there are two... Two things you've got to you got to balance. You've got to balance the financial expense, and there's more of that running on the V8 Supercar program. I think that's a fairly well known and well acknowledged fact. And on the flip side, there's the commercial benefit you get out of it, which is running in front of much bigger crowds, uh, better television on the Seven Network if you decide to take it, and the assorted sort of corporate benefits and things like that that go with it. I don't think there's too many other series in a financial position at the moment in Australia that can do that. Now, the, the GD3 Cup Challenge, where some of the 997, the Carrera Cup cars, will end up, have made it very clear that they're not going to end up on the V8 program. They're a, a strictly uh, amateur driver category. They're going to stay with the Shannon's Nationals, and they've got a round at the Bathurst 12-hour as well. Look, my, my sort of pointer, I guess, and this is based on no facts, but perhaps just a bit of, a bit of sort of knowledge on who's in the series, will be the GT Championship. And they're looking very strong at the moment. They've got good numbers entered for this year, but they've all potential base, I think, amongst their competitor group. Where if they need to um, front up with a bit more cash to um, to be on bigger events more consistently, well, then they'd probably be the ones that were able to do it. So, the GT. I mean, are they in talking terms with their supercars? Because we do know that some uh, some of the uh, categories don't like their supercars or don't want to be associated with them, or for whatever reasons. Um, is the GT on talking terms? And the other question is, is uh, F3 an option? Um, speaking as a, a board member of Formula 3, we'd love to be there, but uh, unless we find a major sponsor that would be able to uh, to pay the costs 
there's not very big a chance of that happening at all. Um, and I guess we're a, a core category within the Shannon's National Series, and there are pros and cons with that as well. But, um, you know, I guess from a Formula 3 perspective, we get to go there and basically be the headline act. It's not in writing, but probably the biggest category there and the one that gets the most exposure. Um, and, yeah, the, the cost thing's a, a big thing. As far as the GTs go, look, I, I don't think they have any issues with their Supercar Australia, and I think for their entrance, it'll probably fit that group. I was reading a story about Rodney Jane, who said he's not going to go to a series unless it has excellent exposure so he can continue to promote Bob Jane T-Marts like he does. So, you know, if the GT Championship can attract people like him, well, then... You know, that's obviously going to strengthen their cause to be on the V8 supercar calendar. So I, I just can't think of anyone else that would have the financial weather all to be able to do it. Well, here's a scenario. Not one class or one category fills the hole. It's a combination mm. of maybe a couple. I mean, could you have a couple of F3 races uh, to fill some of the Career Cup, some of the GT races fill some of the other Career Cup hole? That's, that's another thing, you know. Does it always have to be one, one class? Well, no. No, absolutely not. But it'd be difficult to do this year because a lot of all these these other categories, including F3, have got got schedules locked in and signed and ready to go, and, and are committed to events and budgets have been committed to that. So uh, you wouldn't be able to do it this year. In the future, for sure. And, and I think that's something that many categories would be keen to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, prop up say five or six rounds on the nationals with one or two or three on a V8 program and uh, and look at it from that point of view and I think that would be attractive to some people for sure. Well, maybe it will be the buzz boxes uh, that really get the excitement running. Even though Toyota's pulled out of everything else, the Aussie racing cars well, could be go. the... Uh... But I think, I think Richard's got a really good point there, Craig. Everybody else is locked in for this year. Can, can someone fill it? I don't think someone can fill it even if they wanted to because they're already locked in. I think what, what you'll see from some of the smaller V8 rounds, you know, your Wintons and things like that, you'll probably find that there's some... Sports sedan. Well, because there's nothing better than a sports sedan at full flight. Um, I don't think they'll let that happen, though, because there'll be several seconds of that faster than a supercar. <laughs> um, um, I, I think what you'll see is some state-based categories. So you might see a Mark sports car field or an improved production field, and, and their categories are so going quite well. Um, even, even from a South Australian basis, I follow the local series really closely. Our our improved production field regularly has 25 cars, so it wouldn't take much for them to rock up at a V8 supercar round and, and put on a really good show. So that might be where they get their um, additional track time from. Well, I'll, that leads me perfectly into, of course, right throughout this week, we have, uh, well, all been shocked and uh, and and uh, just amazed by the resilience of... Uh, many throughout the fires in Victoria and uh, our, our thoughts and sympathies go out to the people who have lost family members and, and loved ones throughout the fires on the weekend. Could we see a situation where I uh, know V8 supercars are already offered, to, uh, offered money to the cause, but could we see a, a V8 supercar regional racing series or regional race that will be just for the Victorian, uh, for the Victorians who are, are fighting through this troubled time, Neville? Well, you've only got really three tracks that could that, that, that hold a V8 supercar race in Victoria. Um, obviously, the logical one, if you were to do something like that, would be Winton. Um, I don't know if you're going to hold a race meeting for it. 
Um, but you might, you got the test day, the official test day of VH Supercars with the gold coin donation. I don't know whether they've actually chosen a, uh, a charity for that to go to, but maybe that could be a day put to, to use to raise funds for, for, for the bushfire uh, cause. Because, I mean, it is, it is pretty... Well, we're all stunned, actually, down yeah. here in Victoria. That, that's the thing. We're, you know, the news doesn't stop getting any worse. It's still getting worse and worse. And, and now they're saying over 200 dead. I mean, you know, it's just... This, you know, we were flabbergasted at 100. Now we're, now we're, you know, now we're doubling that. And so it's just getting worse. And they're not... The fires aren't out. It's still going. So this is... This is you know, it could, it, could, it could get worse again. So... Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're numb. And so getting back to Winton, maybe the, uh, the test day where, where the public can go and um, see, see, see the teams testing at Winton, maybe that should be uh, towards the uh, bushfire appeal. That's a good idea. And, and the power of sport for charitable work and, and crises like this is well and truly known. And, and you even look at the one-day cricket and they've already raised sort of five or six million dollars in a day um, the one day between Australia and New Zealand at the Adelaide Oval and that's just by people sort of walking around the ground and putting money into tins and pledges from cricket sponsors and Cricket Australia so the power of sport not just from a, a money raising point of view but an exposure point of view to sort of get people to realise the plight of some of these poor people that have lost everything um, including members of their family um, is such a powerful thing so it would be great to see V8 Supercars do something about it, and, and I agree with you, Nev. I think that the idea to do something at the test day would be a, a, a really good thing, turn it into a great event and um, with a really good purpose for it, and, and hopefully a great deal of people will go up to see it. Well, guys, uh, we do need to leave it there on this edition of the V8 Insiders. After the break on this week's white flag lap, it is Tony D'Alberto, so we look forward to... Uh, both catching up with you, Richard and Neville, very soon on the V8 Insiders, and of course, seeing you both happy and smiling faces at the Clipsal 500, which is so close now, you can almost uh, touch it. Thanks, guys. Pleasure as always. Good on you, Craig. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This week's white flag lap, Tony D'Alberto, the young driver in his second season of main game action, has just recruited the two-time champion Glenn Seaton as his engineer. So naturally, we started by asking him what he thinks he can do with the Bottolo team. Well, I think uh, it's going to be fantastic. You know, we're really excited about it. And, uh, you know, I've looked up to Glenn since I've been a young tacker racing go-karts and known him for a lot of years. I uh, actually did work experience with uh, Glenn's team uh, when he had his own sport team. And, uh, that was my first real uh, insight into that supercars. But, you know, I uh, worked with Glenn the Fidgets this series and uh, obviously we, we had a very good season there in 2007 um, and did a little bit of stuff with him last year. But he's sort of worked on the mentor side uh, and now this year he's going to go into the engineering of the car. 
um, and obviously drive for the team at uh, Phillip Island and Bathurst. So uh, quite an honour, actually, to be driving with Glenn. Now, it is interesting because we've seen V8 supercars becoming more and more young man sport. And certainly someone like Russell Engel last year said when he got a young engineer at the beginning of the season, what's this kid doing? And then after a quarter of the year, he's going, man, this kid knows computers, this kid knows, you know, what's going on and was making the big difference in his year, in his opinion. You've gone the exact opposite way. Are you afraid that uh, technology might see Glenn struggle? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, we've got a young engineer as well that we're working with the team uh, who worked with us last year also. Um, but, I mean, Glenn, yeah, he doesn't come from, I suppose, the the computer side as much. He sort of comes from uh, seat of the pants a little bit and, and experience that um, he's gained over the years. So I just said there's such, such a massive advantage having someone there that uh, can actually drive the car uh, at a competitive speed and feel the same sort of things that I'm feeling. And if he can start to understand uh, my language and my interpretation of what the car is doing and what I need from it, then I think it's, it's a bigger advantage than uh, any other team's got out there. It is going to be, I guess, important for you to have a strong season. How has all the work that you've been doing preparing you for Clipsal, which isn't that far away now? No, I mean, this year has actually been a little bit quieter than last year. I mean, we started a new team last year and uh, our first race was the end of February. So we've almost got another month uh, this year. And uh, But I've been working really hard on uh, trying to get myself fit enough for the job. But uh, still, you know, Clips were last year. We were lucky it wasn't that uh, hot. But um, who knows? I mean, last week in Adelaide it was 46 degrees. So I, I hope it's not that hot when we get there. But... Um, who knows, you know, like I was training this morning with uh, with uh, Garth Pander and he was sort of worried about the same thing. So it definitely uh, takes a lot out of you, Adelaide, but it's, it's a very enjoyable event and I'm really looking forward to getting back in the car. You know, I haven't driven since December. So it'll just be awesome to get behind the wheel. And, um, you know, last year when I went to Clipsaw, I sort of um, was a little bit nervous about uh, my first sprint race in the main series. But now, you know, I've got a year under my belt and, you don't have those nerves anymore. You want to go out there and attack and, and get be part of the whole thing. So um, just, as, I suppose, approaching a different way, but um, really looking forward to trying to, um, I suppose, uh, right some of the wrongs from 2008 and have a stronger season. Now, one of the things, I guess, is you do have the knowledge of the track. You have the knowledge of the guys you're competing with. So where have you set the bar personally for this year? Well, we're going to, this year, you know, we're going to finish more races inside the top 15 and, you know, we're, we've got a strong link with Walkershaw Performance and, you know, another advantage I see that we've got, we're running the same car from last year, so we've got some upgrades coming for that car. Um, but, you know, we know that car's strengths and weaknesses and all, you know, been to all the tracks now, um, besides the new ones, obviously, for this year. But, um, so I think, you know, we've got advantages there just in that that side of things. Um, but, uh, you know, Adelaide is such a big event and um, I think, like, if we can finish those two races and come out um, with a top 15 result, it just sets us up so well for the championship. Um, so that, that's what we'll be aiming for. And you are in that awkward position of being a one-car team. 
So is the relationship you've got with Walkinshaw Performance allowing some information and data to be passed your way during race weekends? Uh, not so much uh, during race weekends. Um, it's more uh, before we go to a round and, uh, you know, they, they give us a... I suppose they don't give us everything because we're racing against them, but they, they give as much information as they can, um, you know, before rounds and uh, some tips, I guess. And they're always, I suppose, that are there if we need to ask a question. But at the end of the day, like I see, we're going to try and push this thing in our own direction and, and get it set up for the car for each circuit that suits me and my driving style. And, and that's what I think Glenn's going to be really good at doing. And, uh, well, on a lighter note, I know you always like to uh, be part of the fun of V8 Insiders with the uh, V8 Insiders, the inaugural V8 Insiders choir last year. But we were running a listener poll. And uh, I was bemoaning the lack of... Uh, I was bemoaning the lack of uh, cross-promotions on Channel 7 last year yep. in the V8 Supercars and saying, how could we get some more V8 Supercars on Channel 7? And yep came up with the idea of perhaps we need a V8 supercar driver to star as the corpse in City Homicide. Guess, <laughs> guess who won the listener poll? Who's that? Tony D'Alberto. Oh, gee. So everyone wants me in a corpse? Well, they reckon you would be great for City Homicide. <laughs> Maybe I might give that a go, actually. Sounds like a bit of fun. If nothing else, uh, look what Channel 7 did for James Courtney's profile. Oh, that's right. And I, I think it's definitely, you know, jokes aside, we need to definitely push into the mainstream media a lot more. And, uh, you know, we need to get the drivers sort of more well-known and, uh, um, you know, household names. You know, like they've still got Brock and Moffat and Lindsay and Scacy and, and all those guys that um, sort of dominate the household names and we're going to sort of get this new generation happening. And maybe that's the way we could do it. Do you look at things that are being written, particularly like uh, Paul Morris has been saying, where the young drivers just have their personality crushed out of them at a young age because of corporate considerations and sponsors and political correctness, and you guys can't have the fun and can't be the outrageous sort of pantomime villain and pantomime hero that is needed to get the headlines? Absolutely. Um, you know... I remember doing uh, um, beat training uh, when I was about uh, 15. So, you know, from then, it, it, you'd strummed in here to do the corporate thing and to say the right things and not offend people and all that sort of thing. Not that you want to go out and offend people, but, you know, you can't... It's hard to have a personality when you're following those guidelines and uh, it's just the way the world is at the moment and... Uh, Definitely guys like uh, Ingle have got a you know, great personality and, and they've got a lot of followers because of that. So um, it's something that we maybe need to loosen up on a little bit. Is it something we could even go as far as saying that we need to have a WWE style of, style of, uh, of you know, brinksmanship where this week Tony D'Alberto is going to... Uh, you know, say some things. I'm going to be in your face, Courtney. You better watch out for me, Van Ginsbergen. We're going after you, tool guys. You know, and then, you know, they don't take offence to it because they know in a month's time that script's going to be the tool guys ganging up on the alcohol guys. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know if it's got to be 
can't, I should be that regimented, but, um, you know, I know that their supercars uh, have spoken to the teams in previous years and the drivers about, uh, you know, trying to say what they feel a little bit more, but, you know, I've done in the past and got myself into a lot of strife, so um, you you sometimes don't know what to say, don't know how to approach it, so, um, especially when you're asked a tricky question and, uh also, you know, when when you get asked questions straight after an incident um, on the track, very hard to uh, say the right thing and uh, come across correctly. But I guess I guess the complaint is, why don't you say what you think, and then if someone's got an issue with it, they can give their opinion, and somewhere in the middle is probably the truth. Yeah. And that's it. You, you said he ran me off the road. The other guy, in the classic was Morris last year, of course, where Wing Cup said, well, Morris ran me off the road. Morris goes, yep. yes, I did. I ran him off the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and then it's all done. There was, you know, there was no harm in it except for the fact that someone got run off the road. But then yeah. the officials can step in and fix that problem. But I, yeah, I mean, I was actually behind Jamie when that happened and uh, it was quite funny on the track, actually. I was talking to the boys on the radio laughing my head off, so... Uh, you know, it was, I suppose it was funny because it was you know, the last race of the year and uh, Jamie didn't have anything to lose, you know. He was just, uh, he'd already won the championship. So but I think if that was a real race incident, there would be a few more words to be said and the officials would definitely get in there and have their say as well. But, um, you know, maybe the supercars do need to play it differently, but it's just it's such a touchy subject um, because it's corporate money so hard to come by and, You've really got to look after those sponsors. And, of course, Bottolo back with you again this year. So that is a, a reassuring sort of position to be in, to have a returning sponsor when you see so many guys out there have uh, either got new sponsors or haven't got as much money off their old ones. Yeah. I mean, we were very lucky uh, leading into Bathurst last year where um, Bottolo re-signed for three years with Rod Nash Racing. Uh, so, you know, that, that's great that uh, they, they've given... Um, me the opportunity to, to continue racing and uh, just shown some uh, confidence in what we're doing. Uh, although we didn't have a great season last year, uh, so that was that was really great, and uh, they obviously saw a lot of value out of it. So, um, but yeah, definitely getting very tough. I mean, we've lost Holden for for this year and GMAC Financial Services. We lost them, so that's a quite a big um, bit out of our budget, and you know, we're working really hard to try and close that that uh, gap up but uh, you know I think a lot of teams are going to be struggling this year and, and being a small car team we're actually in a better situation than most because we, we know how to run a, a team on, on a budget and and uh, you know some of these other teams have had it so good for so long that uh, I think they're going to find it pretty difficult hmm. Well Tony we look forward to seeing all the action at Clipsal uh, 500 and I'm sure you're going to get in there rub some paint and Jump out of the car and tell us what actually happened. <laughs> no worries. Thank you very much. Interesting thoughts from Tony D'Alberto. My thanks to Big Head Nev and Richard Kral as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au. 